All right. Welcome to episode three, Tasty Spreads. Uh, unfortunately, episode two is lost to the internet forever, so um, you'll just have to trust us. Takes were fire. Great picks. We'll we'll recap the picks from last week, see how we did. But uh, yeah, I'm Dino Desespedes, one of the co-hosts of Tasty Spreads, which is a show about sports betting. So get your mind out of the gutter, you perverts. And uh, I'm here with uh, Mr. Grant Engel. I appreciate it. I cannot think of anything else that a show called Tasty Spreads could possibly be about. So, I mean, we're talking <laughs> point spreads. Let's let's do this. Well, I mean, you know, I have heard, you know, the, the presentation of various foods um, at functions where people get together. Uh, is that possibly being a, a, you know, a tasty spread? So maybe it's that. I mean, I, I haven't been able to put two and two together, but uh, getting back down to business. So how did uh how did we do last week? All right. So let's think about um, let's let's think about the format of these tasty spreads. Uh, I think the first you know the typically the first bets we get into we refer to these as the tricky bastard uh, picks. Uh, that's when we are kind of looking at Las Vegas and saying, mm, "You tricky bastards, what are you trying to get me into here?" Um, my tricky bastard pick of the weight of the week last year was Tottenham minus one twenty-five. It looked so easy. It was a good number. I thought Vegas was trying to trick me, and I was like looking at him in that exact way, saying, "Vegas, you tricky bastard! Why do you want me to bet this so badly?" And uh, nope, they weren't trying to be tricky at all. I just had a perfect beat on it, and I talked myself out of it. And Tottenham smashed West Ham just as they should have. And I didn't, and I didn't pull the trigger. So we'll just count that as money not made. Uh, yeah, money not lost either. <laughs> that's so you know, uh, it, it, that's why it's tricky. I mean, if it if it was uh, straightforward, you know, uh, it'd be a different ballgame. Uh, my tricky bastard pick for last week again because the show was lost to the internet was Giannis for MVP plus seven hundred. Um, the thinking there being, you know, everybody's got their eyes on Jokic. Um, there's a lot of uh, energy out there that wants maybe wants somebody else to win uh and for him not to go three peat um and i thought Giannis would was going to be one of those looks that i you know kind of like stared extra hard at but um yeah it turns out you know since our pod i think took a couple injuries he had that wrist injury and then he left today's game like in the first quarter which was very odd didn't look like anything serious but um yeah Glad I glad I dodged that plus seven hundred. So that very well could be money lo- not lost. There you go. And yeah, I mean, it didn't look like much. I I don't know if it. Um, I saw some stills. I'm not going to front like I was like I was totally locked in. But I guess he like just uh, came up like looked like he hurt his knee a little bit. But it seems like everybody's saying it didn't seem that serious. Yeah, and I mean, coming off the All Star break. I mean, these guys are, there's a little bit of rust and it's, it's, it, it, for some reason feels like we're much later into the season than we usually are at all-star yeah. break. Uh, it feels like we're like, everybody's like 60 games in and like the playoffs are in a couple, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. And I think these guys might've come out after that break and um, just kind of maybe pushed it too hard. The Philly Memphis game was a little bit weird. We'll talk about that one later. Um but I, I think it's just kind of creating a recipe for maybe some weird stuff last 20, 25 games here. Yeah, I believe it. 
All right, so tricky bastards. We both sat on the sidelines for uh, what we had last week. So nothing won, nothing lost. So let's get into the picks. How'd you do with your big three? All right, so my first of the big three, I had Everton and Leeds drawing. It was at plus 225. You know, Everton marching out there with Sean Deitch as their new manager. Um, Leeds, you know, kind of unimpressive as well, we'll call it, to be charitable, I think, uh, this season. Um, that I took the L. Uh, Everton and Sean Deitch. Sean Deitch, ginger Pep Guardiola, apparently. He's coming in and riding the ship. Uh, I think he has uh, two wins as uh, Everton manager. Um, but I didn't even feel that bad about it, man. Like, I liked the process. I liked my thought process with it. The They didn't score the winner until the 64th minute. Um, that, you know, I sub- now maybe part of the gambling uh, is I did subject myself to watching the entirety of an Everton Leeds game. <laughs> so, so I think in that department we both yeah, lost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that that was kind of like the two L's that I had to take, but uh, it was entertaining. And I mean, both teams uh, not great quality in the final third of the field. I think we could say um, it's like on paper Everton had more chances, but they didn't really look like scoring that many of them. Uh, Leeds had eight shots, not a single one on frame. Um, oh but yeah, it, it could have absolutely been a draw. So I'm not beating myself up for losing that one. I, I really don't know how Everton is, um, is that bad with those players. I mean, the players, oh, and the, and the goal they scored, the James Coleman goal, like just <laughs> like a, a freaking miracle. I don't know if you saw it, but it was just like, I, it was totally out of nowhere. Like the amount, the announcer wasn't ready. Like, you know, nobody was, was ready for that. Um, I think it was a great pick plus two twenty five, also. So it wasn't quite even odds. Right. So uh, you're kind of going on, going out on a limb a little bit with plus two twenty five. Um, I still love the pick. That's okay. It's a long season. It's only February. Um, yeah. So I think we, we dust ourselves off and, you know, keep it yeah, moving. Resilient. We bounce back. And you know what? You know what? Shout out to us for, you know, owning up to these, even though um, <laughs> chances are whoever's listening to this is not, uh, you know, wasn't listening live uh, for episode two. So, you know, we keep it real here, like as we like to say, uh, and we hope that that keeping of it being real uh, never goes wrong. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we could have just came out here and been like, eight no last week. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, could, could yeah, who could prove it wrong? Um, do you want to, do you want to go back and forth on these? Or you just want me to run through my three. I could, I could, I could, I could yeah. go on here. Uh, my first one, Arsenal minus one, one twenty to beat Aston mm-hmm. Villa. Um, the game was a little nervier <laughs> than uh, you might think. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was afraid of the wobble. Um, and they didn't, they didn't really dominate the game. I mean, they dominated the game, but you know, it's like football kind of anything can happen. And I think that's, that's where it was uh, for most of the game. Uh, But ultimately like you see this quite a bit where the class just extends, you know, it's kind of like a marathon runner where you just know that the champ is going to, you know, he might be in like 10th right now, but there's still a long way to go. Um, And I think they just kind of wore them down and the quality especially with the reserves uh, or the subs coming in, you know, it's just, uh, it was really enough to, to distance them. 
um, from Villa. Although Villa, you know, played really great. It's, it's awesome to see like Coutinho score. I'm still a big fan of yeah. his. Um, but ultimately, like they 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 took care of business, you know, in a very champion like manner, which uh, which was super exciting to see as a fan. For sure. I mean, I think the classic example, especially for like dudes of our generation, is that that golden era of Manchester United, like Sir Alex Ferguson's United, where they might be down, but then from the 82nd to the 93rd minute, it's just a barrage where they you, you could see the opponent just looking at them like, oh my God, every player on the other team is better than us, and they're just not stopping at this point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I will say, I'm glad I co-signed this one with you. I'm glad I uh, I was all in with you because, yeah, that was a good victory. Uh, sal- partly salvaged my betting weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I like that we both pounced on the minus 120 because, um, you know, Arsenal was coming off a little, a little bit of a rough patch. They had the loss to Everton, the loss to the City midweek, you know, maybe a little tired, um, some injuries. Partey was out. Um, still kind of waiting on Smith Rowe. Um, so, you know, that was a very losable or drawable game for Arsenal. And definitely in previous years, that's exactly what would have happened. Um, but I don't know. They, they've they got a a championship flavor that they really haven't had in, in quite a while. Even when they finished, you know, near the top of the league in the last 10 years or so, you know, they haven't really been super threatening. Um, really more been playing for top four, but definitely this year. Feels a little different with all the guys coming together. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I got I got more ideas about about Arsenal later in the show, but yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Um, what what else did we get in last? Diving week? into my next one, it, you know what I I felt like a little bit of shame after after we recorded, because um, I you know I had just like coincidentally I had watched some Clipper games. And I was like, you know what? This is, I think I'm onto something here. I, Kawhi's back. He looks good. And then we record. And then like over the weekend, like if I'm riding my bike or working out or whatever, and I'm listening to podcasts, there were like three podcasts talking about how great the Clippers are. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> like I'm a sheep at this point. Like I didn't know, like I'm swamped at work. So I didn't realize that like I had apparently just joined this groundswell. But the the bet that I put in uh, last week is uh, Clippers plus four fifty to win the West. Um, mm. I just think you know, and I, I, we talked about it last week, and I, I appreciate you pointing it out. Is that just in the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard is like one of the most perfect basketball players you could have on your team to just grind you to death um, in a slow like playoff game and. He looks good, man. I, I saw a couple a couple minutes this evening before we recorded and where he threw like this insane pass over to the corner, like while he's in the lane. And that's not even like the best, you know, anywhere near the best part of his game. But the dude is just a good basketball machine. Yeah. He reminds me of the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Just the slow <laughs> get like you, you got him on his back and he just gets right up and everybody's like, oh no. <laughs> he's just uh i mean he's unbelievable yeah. i mean he looks he looks leaner yeah um he's getting to the basket his pull-up is it's always like he's always got so much space to get it right. off um and i think it's weird because he does have the injury bug 
which has been terrible. I'm a huge Kawhi fan. Um, but it does feel like his his game is going to age pretty well because he like maybe kind of down that Chris Paul uh, you know trajectory where it's real crafty, um, high skill, um, but just Kawhi could just do more. Um, and I think like he's still going to be really really dangerous. Um, and I think I was thinking about this. You know, for this probably a good time to jump into it. I was thinking about this this week. Um, thinking about the contenders, right? And in the West, uh, actually, I'll go into my, my pick from last week. Please. <laughs> I took the Minnesota Timberwolves plus 120. I'm sorry, plus 12,000. So 120 to 1 to win the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it's basically a, a pick, um, assuming Anthony Edwards becomes Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, over the next 75 days. But I mean, I've seen glimpses, you know, maybe not not this season so much, but um, I think the guy's got it in him. Uh, I think he is going to make a finals one year uh, and the West just feels really, really wide open. And I just kind of listed the top six. Unfortunately, the Wolves didn't make my top six. Um, they're number one in my heart, but not in my top six. We've got Phoenix, Denver, Memphis, the Warriors. The Mavericks and your Clippers. Yeah. Right. And then I'm thinking to myself, at least two of these teams are not going to make the second round. And I just cannot wrap my head around it. And I just look at those six teams and I'm like, eh, you know, maybe it's Memphis. I mean, I don't know. They, they kind of get stuck in the mud a little bit. Maybe it's Dallas. Kyrie, Luca is kind of weird, but I'm like, no, Dallas, you know, like, how are you going to beat, <laughs> beat those guys in the fourth quarter? You know, like, um, I mean, if they just have like these 40, 45 point fourth quarters, right. um, you know, Luca was, uh, I mean, let, let's just swap out Kyrie for, for Brunson. Right. And I know uh, Dallas sent out a couple guys, but those two guys in the fourth quarter, I don't know what you do. And it's the same with Phoenix, you know, between Paul Durant and Booker. Um, I don't know how you stop those guys. It's it's a little bit different than Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George is not quite, you know, kind of like at that unstoppable level um, that those other guys can hit. Um, I mean, he can certainly go off, but he's more of like a like a well rounded player. But what what's your take on on the top six? What happens if I mean two of these teams we know are not going to make it? Um, and usually, what happens as we reach the end of the year is you'll get like an unfortunate injury that sort of shakes it out. But it doesn't look like we're tracking that way. It looks like we're going to have six really good teams. Um, and we're going to have a couple series in the first round of the West that are just going to be all-timers, I think. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, perfect scenario for all these teams to beat the crap out of each other and your timber pups to slide right in to the finals. <laughs> um, 120 to 1, let's go. I can't, I can't tell you how much I love that pick. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I think... Now, uh, um, God bless the uh, the software we're using here. But you dropped out for a second. Even in that top six you mentioned, unless I missed it, the Sacramento Kings are in third place in the conference, and I don't think you mentioned them. Yeah, I didn't mention them. Yeah, they're not. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I just think in the playoffs you need um, you need some experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not really. And you're going to definitely need experience to beat any of those six teams. 
So, okay, you have, you're going to have a game seven at home, but you're playing Luka and Kyrie, or you're playing Memphis, or playing the Clippers. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> game seven. Okay, like, you think Kawhi is going to be afraid to go to Sacramento to game seven? Like, you know. <laughs> Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi sitting there like, oh boy, I don't want to see that beam. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I, without going like too meta or like too big picture, like, what do you like? So two of those teams, they're not going to make it out of the first round. Do they just kind of look at each other? Like, I, I don't know. Do we, do we fire the coach? Do we make a trade? Uh, like probably not. Um, and even thinking about like the experience factor, I know the Grizzlies, they got a little bit last year, but they still feel young. Like you pointed out that they kind of get stuck in the mud. I feel like they, they still have like a little bit of an experience gap compared to those other teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think when you're the Nets and you make the trade to the Suns, uh, you trade Durant to the Suns. I think you just like I'm betting against, and this is like I don't I don't personally do not mean to sound callous or you know morose or anything like that. But you make that trade and you go, I'm betting against Chris Paul and his injury history. I'm betting against Kevin Durant and his injury history. And I, you know, like you said, like every, every year you kind of always have one of those. And so that like, I'm scared of the Suns because it just feels like, and it's a kind of a bummer because he's one of the best point guards ever, even though if he likes to kick or slap people in the, in the testicles, like, um, you know, it's a bummer for Chris. That's something we, not something we could don't hear. No, 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 no. Uh, firmly anti, hitting people in the testicles. Um, yeah, but it's just like a bummer. But like every year something happens to this dude. And like, I don't know, like on paper, they look awesome. But I don't know. It, it, so one one of them gets hurt, then then where are you? So uh, that's my long-winded way of saying, yeah. I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I, I just kind of look at it. I'm like, I love Kawhi. And I'm I'm uh, strangely a Norm Powell guy, so like let's go. I'm taking the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, I think it, it's as it's a good as good a bet as any. I think in the West, um, and I, I think we're just gonna have to see kind of how it shakes out. Um, but you know, we've got two picks on the board. We got the Clips. We got the Wolves. I, I feel like we've got there. We go. We're, <laughs> a couple a couple of good shots to to make the we're finals. Alive. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're alive. We're still alive. Absolutely. Um, all right, I'm going to go into. So you did. You did too, right? I'm going to go into my second one. So um, I chopped. Oh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here because I, I I did uh, let my wolves bet out of the bag. But I'll just go with my three point picks from last week. Yep. Um, I split my money to make two picks. Um, so one of them was backing my boy Tyler Hero even though I knew kind of he didn't really have it, he's got like kind of a funky shot, um, a lot of elevation on his jumper. And I texted you this during the week. I, I, uh, I clocked in Saturday night to check out the three point contest and through my DVR rewinding and fast forwarding, I, uh, I was like, okay, all right, I, I got it. Perfect. I'm right here at the beginning of three point contest, but it turns out I was like at the third contestant and Tyler hero had already been eliminated. Cause I, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's go. Uh, so that left me with just my my remaining pick, uh, which was Dame Lillard. And uh, if you missed last week, I just kind of went to this rant. Eight of the last nine uh, three-point 
uh, winners were from the Western Conference, which is totally like uh, irrelevant. Um, but the the other side of that uh, bit of research that I did was that a lot of these all time great players had not only competed uh, but won the three point contest. You know, so you've got like Bird, Paul Pierce, Nowitzki. Um, I'm blanking on some of the other guys, but um, I think there was like five or six Hall of Famers that I counted that had won, uh, and a bunch of other All Stars, Kevin Love, some other guys. Um, so I'm like, you know, Dame, 32 years old. Why is he in this? You know, like it, it seems just kind of like a, you know, like like a little bit of an exhibition that you know you might not want to get up for. So I'm thinking, all right, he's showing up. I know Tatum was in it too, so he also fell into that maybe like uh, on track to be an all time great. Wants to get this on his resume. Otherwise, kind of why be in it? They both got the All-Star game the next night. Uh, and yeah, Dame took it home at plus 425. So um, it was only kind of like a half bet because I split it between the two. But really nice win for me. I don't think I've ever picked a three-point winner um, correctly. And I feel like I nailed it. Dude, you totally nailed it. I loved the point that you made last week where you said, like, Dame Willard's not going to put on his warm-ups go through his routine, get warm to go out there and not show out. Cause that's just who he yeah. is as a, as a guy. And um, yeah, he just looked the whole time. He looked like he was going to win it. Uh, the fucking uh, outstanding pick by you. And yeah, the other all timers uh, that I think you, you named last week, aside from like Paul Pierce and Dirk Kyrie's wanted uh, Ray Allen, <laughs> uh, Steph clay. So yeah, I mean, Oh my yeah, God, yeah, I mean, you you had a beat on that from the beginning, man. That's an outstanding pick. Yeah, and I think your guy was Halliburton. <laughs> that right? was like I didn't put the bet out there, but I just love his game so much. And he, yeah, in that first round, he goes out there with that funky looking shot and just starts drilling all of them. And, uh, and for, there was a minute where I was like, "Oh my God, I should have just put it in." <laughs> yeah, that I, that just goes to show you, uh, you know, my my shot mechanics analysis was what that's good for uh but he but he he was great i mean um you know and i think he had the longest odds of he, the did, whole bunch. he did that was part of what i like sort of like entertained about it i was like i don't know plus 750 why not and you know like i said like being a cleveland cavaliers fan i have uh you know subjected myself to watching some pacers games and uh i mean he actually makes them enjoyable and so i like he's kind of got a little showmanship in him too Thought he, he had a shot, but those speaking of those shot mechanics though, when he came when it was him, Dame, and Buddy Healed, uh, you know, he was totally flat in that last round, had no chance against Dame. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dame, as soon as I saw that he he got it um into that into the finals. And I loved, I mean, such a Dame thing for him to take an extra beat with those like three point money balls. You know, he's just like I mean, I'm not, he's like, if I try, I'm not missing this. He didn't, he, he made both of them, you know, in the final, I'm just like, that's my guy right there. Uh, it's such a cliche, but he is ice cold, man. Just always. Yeah. yeah. That was, a, that was another thing that we mentioned. I mean, super clutch. Not, I mean, you think he's going to be afraid, afraid of the three point <laughs> contest. I mean, like a 32 year old Dave Lillard, top 75 guy. I mean, he just did exactly. I mean, I'm going to take a, a, a little, 30 seconds more of my Please. victory lap. These bets never go this way. Nope. You know, like where you just, you know, kind of look at it. You're like, mm. like that's the guy. I mean, I, I looked at the slam dunk competition. McClung was a huge favorite, but I'm like, I'm never, you know, I'm not betting on that guy just <laughs> from the YouTubes. 
And of course, it was just off the charts. And I'm just like, oh my God, why did I even you know, hesitate? But these are so, um, they're so unpredictable. But for some reason, it just stuck out to me, you know? And, and you know, a couple of the NBA TV guys uh, and the analysts, I can't remember who, but I wasn't the only one. You know, a couple other people, I think maybe Jalen Rowe. I mean, I'm, I can't remember, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I definitely was not the only one that, um, that came out and was like, Dame, Dame's my pick. Um, so as soon as I heard that and I'm like, eh, you know, like they're not saying exactly what I'm saying, but the spirit of the message is the same. Um, I felt really great. And then obviously when he makes the finals, um, was feeling really, really good about my pick. Um, and unfortunately we'll, we'll have to wait till next year for the, the Miami heat to, um, have their fifth NBA three point champion crowned um which would put them at the very top ahead of the boston celtics who've got four right now they're both tied with four um so that so I, I was really you know kind of bet with my heart but with the other you know half of the bill um i bet with my head and it worked out i mean that was outstanding and yeah i mean for as maligned as he is i will say on the announcers they were they were absolutely hovering around your talking points like they're right there in the same orbit i was laughing about it i also loved the juxtaposition the two commentators on it were reggie miller uh much maligned as a as a broadcaster i don't think he's i think he's that terrible i think he's got some like corny lines like i think he still says that this is your kodak moment line i'm just like all right buddy we're eh, we're about 30 years 30 years past that but it's all right like like kodak black what <laughs> Um, and then I love the juxtaposition of Draymond Green being the other announcer on that. It's like, okay, one is the greatest, one is like uh, an innovator of the three-point shot, and the other one you could Photoshop a backpack on him because of from his shooting form. <laughs> yeah, he's he's incredibly accurate at hitting the backboard with his three-pointer. He's seen a lot of three-pointers go in. That is his uh, that, that is his qualification to to commentate on it. Uh, but yeah, dude, I. It's funny you bring up Reggie Miller. I I kind of like him. You know, he's cheesy, but he's his. I like his energy. He's it. He's always into the game. The game could be terrible, um, but he's into it. You know, and like the guys, the guys a fan and um, pretty illum, uh, illuminating. And I I think the other guy that gets a lot of shit is is Stan Van Gundy, um, who I just <laughs> just think he's so. Uh, um, He's like I just love the, the the dry humor. He's got good insights on the game. He's kind of weird, but he he's kind of like a weird uncle, yes. you know, <laughs> that comes over and is just really weird, but knows a lot of shit, you know, and like tells you stuff that's really interesting. It turns out it's accurate and really true. Um, and I think he gets a lot of crap, but I'm a big Stan McGundy fan. I'm I'm always excited when he's on the podcast. Yeah. Same with Reggie Miller. Hundred percent co-signing Stan. Like that. I, I think it's weird that the blowback he gets. Uh... I don't know if it's just because he seemed kind of unlikable as a coach, I think, like kind of like a grouchy, combative kind of dude. But yeah, I think I like the dry humor. I like because uh, he's he's very tongue in cheek. Like he I saw whatever uh, he was doing the game last night and uh, they keep a record of him uh, guessing. Well, not guessing, but analyzing the challenges that coaches do. And he's like, they flash it on the bottom of the screen, Stan Van Gundy, 14 and three assessing challenges this season. It's like, okay, like 
this is what we're doing here is silly in, in in general. So like, why not have some fun with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a one of the the few silver linings around the the NBA challenge, which has been, Ugh. you know, not the greatest innovation. Just kind of like leave it <laughs> yeah. at that. Um, did we cover our, our bets? Or I think you, had, you maybe had one more. With apologies to you and the three-point uh, contest dominating franchise, the Miami Heat, who I also, also am an admirer of. Um, but over the All-Star break, I saw their 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 win total was 45 and a half. Um, I think they're at 32 wins. And I just thought like 14 and nine might be a tough road to hoe. Um there were like some quotes about Kyle Lowry where they're like, Kyle is excited to contribute in the role. We're ready to have him play. And I was like, Oof. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know what that role is. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I grabbed the under 45 and a half at minus 135. Um, I did get a chuckle um, that you guys signed old Kevin Love <laughs> um, as a Cavaliers fan. And like seeing people go through the, these steps um, uh, on Twitter of kind of like talking themselves into Kevin Love, and um, you know I don't I don't like to be a wet blanket or rain on anybody's parade. I would just submit uh, that he's not a good player anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, that you know the Cavaliers waved him, uh, well bought him out. Uh, because he can't play, like because he couldn't play, like we he wasn't better than the players we have, and we're not exact. While we have a ni- very nice young top four, we're not exactly the deepest team in the league, and he couldn't crack the rotation anymore. So I don't know though. I mean, the, you know, it, if he it plays well for the Heat, he wouldn't be the first guy to be a reclamation project for them. But he's awful on defense, and he hurt his hand earlier this year, and he already kind of had was like a line drive shooter anyway. And that shot's been looking real, real mm. flat. Um, so I don't know. I like, I, I root for your boys. I root for the. I, I hope the Heat do well. And it would be the most Cleveland thing in the world if we play you guys in a four-five matchup and Kevin Love fucking buries a couple threes against us, and just the most obnoxious <laughs> thing that ever happened. But I don't know. I just uh, I'm not I'm not holding out a lot of hope for old uh, K Love. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um... <laughs> and talking about the the fan bases being up in arms, don't think that I didn't text my brother the moment I heard the Kevin Love news, and don't think that he didn't send me an Instagram at the same time of a Bleacher Report story that Kevin Love was on the Heat. And, and like, hey, Kevin let's go. Uh, I mean, just checking out the stat line. I mean, the Heat stunk tonight, but <laughs> first of all, he started. I mean, there's you know, if that's not um, <laughs> you know the first uh, check mark next year, Heat. Uh, under 45 wins, but I don't know what is. Uh, he started 22 minutes, zero points, 0 for 4. Did have eight boards, four assists, a steal, and a block, minus nine, uh, and two personal fouls and a 29 point drubbing to the Bucks uh, without Giannis. So, yeah, we've got that going for us. I mean, you know, positional rebounding, he's an ace. Good at that. I'll, you know, um... Yeah, I'll give the man his flowers, but yeah, I mean, he can barely move out there, man. You know, I mean, maybe it takes a couple, it's not like you guys have a ton of time, but you know, the old heat, uh, 
the physical training regimen that you guys are like, in my opinion, best in the league with. Yeah, this, these are the straws I'm grasping at here. But yeah, you know, maybe they get maybe they get him a chance. Maybe we get some lateral quickness, Kevin Love, that we haven't seen in uh, his entire career. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty incredible. Um, the other, did you see the the other guy the Heat signed? Um, it was either it's uh, it's either a Plumley or a. a which white Duke guy is it? Or is he not a Duke uh, guy? I think it's maybe Carolina. Cody Zeller. Oh, okay. It was it's Zeller. Carolina guy. Yes. I knew it was one of them. Yeah. Like one of the clone tall white dudes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he, uh, I don't know if you've, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to pick up the guy, but he looks like Greg in a county. <laughs> like he's just full on, um, you know, just kind of holding on to the, the, the last bit of, uh, you know, hair stuff he's got oh, going wow. on, uh, which is unfortunate. And he, <laughs> no, no, way to, no way to kind of soften that. Um, you know, he's got, he's had a great career, you know, big contract. He scored 10 points, uh, you know, in 16 minutes tonight, 10, four rebounds, three assists, four for five from the field. All right. Got to the line, hit both, hit both freebies. So, who knows? Maybe maybe he's the guy that uh, has a late career explosion in lateral quickness, and maybe maybe we've got two guys to throw at you yeah. in that four or five matchup. Does he play next to Bam? Because I, I guess that's kind of what you guys are looking for, right? Like you need you need another big in there to maybe spell Bam a little bit, but also who can play next to him. Am I am I off base there? I mean, I think for I think for certain matchups, for sure. Um, and like, you know, you saw, you saw what MB did to, to Memphis, you know, um, like Jaron Jackson Jr. Got, you know, uh, a couple highlight blocks, but one, when Embiid wanted to get to the rim, um, and they're throwing, yeah, I mean, they really miss Steven Adams, but you know, Aldama, Brandon Clark, you know, you know, Triple J, um, they couldn't do anything, uh, with Embiid, like either of those guys. So I think. You know, for matchups like that, you don't want Bam, you know, kind of like taking that beating. Right. Um, and then it also doesn't really allow him to, you know, kind of like roam around and do Bam stuff. Um, so I think w- when you when you have that more traditional center, you've just got a guy to throw at him. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the like thinking about the two monsters in the East of Giannis and Embiid, um, you know, again, I, I look at things through the Cavs prism. People are like, look, Cavs got size. They got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And I'm just like, yeah, they got length against Joel Embiid. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't hate our chances because Mobley is a, is already so young, a great offensive player or defensive player, pardon me, who uh, doesn't foul a lot. But, what do you, you, you know, what are you going to do against Joel Embiid? Come on now. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, like Joel Embiid lets this is like such a tired take um, because I've heard it so many times before I really started to see it. um, He really does let teams off the hook with how he plays. Um, You know, it's he sort of plays like like a stretch five, you know, or or like a stretch four a lot of the time. Um, 
you know, and I think he's just so much bigger and stronger um, that you just kind of wonder if, if, if he's going to sort of keep that same playing style in the playoffs um, or if this is just kind of who he is. But he's just so physically imposing that you kind of want him to do, like, remember Dwight Howard? Like, it is oh, probably, yeah. like, so, I mean, people have forgotten now because he's done, like, um, so much stuff that <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, he just seems like at least like a weird guy. Uh, so, so, you know, he and he didn't seem to make friends the same way the other guys did in the league. So he doesn't get the same love. I, I don't even think he made top 75. But Dwight Howard at his peak was, I mean, to say he was a monster was is like an understatement. Like, I don't think there's, I mean, you'd have to go back really far, you know, to before, you know, I was watching basketball um, to kind of find a guy who had that kind of impact on the game, like around the rim, you know, finishing. Um, he kind of, you know, getting to the line. Um, he was just unbelievable. Um, and he was like six, nine and a half or six, 10, you know, and, and didn't have Embiid's body, you know, like if Embiid wanted to put Dwight Howard in the rim in his prime, I'd love to see like that matchup. And I kind of feel like Embiid could do it. Um, but he just kind of doesn't play like that, you know? And, um, you just wonder if he's leaving a lot on the table and, and kind of like what's, what's going on. I think I, I did a lot of noodling this week with my three picks. Um, and a little bit with my tricky bastard out of the week. Um, just kind of like looking at Philly, thinking about Philly. Um, did, it, what, what's your take on kind of like what they can do? Um, you know, Harden seems like he's in a groove. Uh, Maxi seems really unpredictable still. Although when he gets it going, he's awesome. Like when he when he blows by somebody and finishes at the at the rim, and he's like two feet ahead of them. It's really something to see. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris has been playing pretty good. You know, and they're pretty deep. I think, can I just say real quick on the Dwight Howard thing? Um, <clears throat> that dude annoyed people out of out of the top 75, which is a, like there's an interesting case study to be had on this. Like he rubbed people the wrong way. He's a first ballot, like no doubt Hall of Fame caliber player. And he was so great. I guess it's his personality was so grating that he was left out of the top 75 like and you know for all the nice things we said about reggie miller i loved reggie miller as a player as a kid there's no way you could tell me that reggie miller deserved to be in the top 75 over dwight howard that's crazy like he was he was the best defensive player in the league like you said he was an absolute monster at the rim i mean obviously like i like watching that magic Cavs eastern conference finals in in 2009 um like you know, Cleveland newspapers were like, "Oh boy, man! If we had Dwight Howard, we'd be we'd be pretty good. He's he's great." It's just like like co- kind of comparing him to like LeBron. Like there was like a little bit of a discussion of like I don't know who's really better between these two. Oh guys. yeah, and like yeah, oh, yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's like I think he just kind of has that like I think people kind of look at him like he's a little bit of like a phony type of dude. But I don't know how fair. Like we don't know any of these guys, so I don't know what he did to annoy people. But I'm a hundred percent with you. He's one of the, he's one of the best players ever. Like if you think about the long stretch of the league, like I, I wouldn't say he's, you know, top twenty or whatever. But he's absolutely one of the top seventy-five players who ever lived. I think. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. They're just ridiculous. Eight-time All-Star, five times <laughs> All-NBA first team. 
Five. Yeah. I mean, uh, one second team, two third teams. Defense player of the year three times. Say, yeah, I thought it was two. Yeah, golly. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, he was he was insane. But I think you know what happened to him. I mean, he was you know he has he's kind of like, he had that that weird brand, um, you know, to him. Uh, but then also he sort of like strung the magic along before he left. You know, he's, he, he did that weird one-year extension because he was getting all this bad press. Uh, and then there's that funny Stan Van Gundy <laughs> moment. You know, if you, if you haven't, you got a YouTube, uh, just YouTube Stan Van Gundy, Dwight Howard oh, yeah. interview uh, and, and thank us later. But I think what happened was there was so much buzz about him. You know, where was he going to go? You know, ends up, you know, spending some time with the Lakers, with the Rockets, while he's still in his prime and totally flopped you know, was totally underwhelming, um, you know, during that time. And I think it was such a letdown, like, you know, the LeBron Dwight Howard conversation was absolutely real, especially when, um, you know, Dwight takes him to the finals um, and they, they really gave the Lakers, um, you know, they, they made a good showing of it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. And they almost won that game one and that Courtney Lee alley-oop that, that he couldn't finish. Oh, Uh, unfortunately (laughs) would have been definitely made it, made it a different series. Um, but Dwight Howard was such a disappointment, you know, I mean, imagine if LeBron after the decision, his career just like dovetails, you know, and he just, you know, makes a couple of, you know, like, like we're like, damn, we did all of that. You know, we're talking about LeBron summer of 2010 for two years. And then you just go to Houston and you, you don't make it to the second round, you know, like, and I think that's kind of what happened with Dwight Howard. People were tired of him when he left Orlando and he didn't do any real winning after that, even though um, he was still young enough. He had a lot of injuries. He had that back stuff um, that he was dealing with. Um, still ended up winning a ring with the Lakers, um, you know, and, and played, you know, played some minutes um, in that bubbles final. But um, yeah, I think he, he definitely, we'll see. Cause I mean, maybe the, when the NBA comes back around with the top 100, um, they revisit some of these guys. The other, the other guy that breaks my heart is McGrady. I mean, that's criminal, criminal. <laughs> and not that we should, yeah. Uh, yeah, adjudicate this months later. But yeah, I mean, McGrady <laughs> not in there isn't like, you know, we could have. Uh, I think it was JJ Redick who said Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers or something like that. <laughs> but like, don't talk to me about Bob Cousy against Tracy McGrady. Like, we have eyeballs. Like, don't you know what I mean? Like, come on. Be serious. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, what what bit McGrady was the the playoff the playoff lack of playoff sure. success. But um the guy was just so hmm. good. I mean, like, if I could have anybody's game when I was younger, um, playing lots of basketball, that was the guy. That was the game that I wanted. You know, just super smooth, handle was awesome, could pull up, could catch and shoot, could dunk on you throw an alley up to somebody else who dunks yeah. on you. Um, I mean, he just was majestic. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but all right. All right. So <laughs> now that we've rewound the last, <laughs> I don't know how far back we went. I guess we went back to Koozie. Let's so go. <laughs> took it back, took it back to the source. So we, we covered a lot of, you know, we covered 75 years of NBA, uh, mm-hmm. NBA history. Uh, so now we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the real time nature of, uh, of our picks this week. So, Tricky bastard, better of the week. Which one did you stare at? Uh, 
with excitement and also fear. Yes, which actually goes right back to you were asking me how I feel about the Sixers. So, uh, and I needed to, I needed to get that oh, Dwight boy. Howard take off. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Sixers play Boston at Wells Fargo Center in the beautiful city of Philadelphia um, tomorrow evening, Saturday night. Sixers are plus one and a half at home. Um, I always just say my general basketball ethos, uh, in, in, you know, in, uh, in danger of sounding like, you know, a soccer dad or whatever. I just hope both teams have fun, but I also hope that the Celtics lose. That's my general uh, basketball thought, whatever is happening. I would prefer that the city of Boston and the Boston Celtics lose the, whatever basketball game they're playing. Um, and so I don't know, like I'm getting one and a half with the Sixers. You Embiid is obviously, you know, a, a dominating force. Like who's like? I guess you're gonna throw Robert Williams at him. Um, and it's like Vegas wants me to do this. They're like, hey Grant, you're gonna be a, you're gonna watch this game on Saturday night. Uh, you might enjoy a frosty beer, and you know you might as well put some money on it. And I'm giving you points with the Sixers at home. Um, so I think I will I think I'll take them up on that. But they're they're asking me a little too, you know, they're really kind of showing their cards like, yeah, yeah, come on, you you want to bet this. I know you want to bet this. And I'm just like, why 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 are you pressing me so hard? So that's <laughs> that's kind of where I am with that. Hey, I like it. Um I So are are you um are you taking it or are you are you going to are you going to wait wait a little bit? You've got it you know, maybe a little less than 24 hours. Look at you, look at you putting me on the spot. I kind of, I don't want <laughs> anything weird to happen with the line. So you know what? Let's let's go ahead. I, I'm taking it. Give me the Sixers and the points. Uh, Embiid is going to show out on a Saturday night. Um, we can talk more about my fears with, with Philly in the playoffs <laughs> later. But this is a regular season game in February. So our pal Jim Harden will probably play really well too. Uh, yeah, Jimmy H. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I like it, and I'm gonna. This is this is absolutely a sister bet to your uh, tricky bastard bet this week. So I looked at um, odds for getting the number one seed in the East, mm-hmm. and you've got Boston, got Milwaukee. Giannis is hurt. Um, I think Boston was the number one seed last year, maybe. I believe so. Um, yeah. I, and Embiid really wants that MVP. And I think, you know, we talked a, lot, a little bit about this um, Super Bowl week where we're like, what are the narratives? Like, where, where, where might things line up and ultimately kind of like slot into place? And if you think that Embiid is going to say, I want to snatch the MVP, the only way that happens is if they win the one seed. Right. So looking at Philly to win the one seed, and they're like, when I checked this a couple days ago, there were three, uh, three games back. They beat Memphis. I'm not sure what, what the teams above them did uh, yesterday and today. Um, but 20 to one plus 2,000 for the Philadelphia 76ers to get the one seed. Um, and looking at that Sixers Boston game, um, betting Philly at 2,000 plus 2,000. Is kind of like betting the, uh, the Sixers over the Boston on Saturday night, because um, if they do get the one seed, it, it definitely starts on Saturday. 
Um, and I don't think Boston is really kind of out here for the one seed in that way. You know, I mean, you know, they'd obviously kind of like love to have it, but they had it last year. They didn't win. Um, yeah, I don't think that they are really banking so hard on, on a home court advantage, like in a game seven. Uh, and Embiid, I think in his, in his mind, the number one seed correlates with the MVP. That would be the only way that I think he had a legitimate argument. I think even then he would have to be probably like a game or two ahead of uh, Jokic in Denver, which I'm not sure is even possible, but um, he definitely doesn't win if they don't win, uh, take the one seed in the East. So I think I'm going in on Philly plus 2000 to get the one seed in the East. Buddy, I think you're talking me into it. And let me say, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at it here. I I have regrettable news. Um, I, oh, no. I look, when, oh no. Well, it's not too terrible, but when I look back at who was the one seed last year, it was your Miami Heat was the one seed and the, the Celtics were the two seed. <laughs> so I I, yeah. I I regret to inform you of that. Um I, I totally forgot to. I forgot the Heat were the, the one seed by two games over Boston last year. Um, yeah, well, we that that actually, you know, there's a there's a positive way to look at that. Unfortunately, I mean, the Heat are just not something I'm comfortable talking about. Maybe we can maybe I'll circle back to them next week. But uh, you know, th- there you go. Boston won Game Seven last year uh, on Miami home court. Jimmy Butler, you know, pulled pulled the three pointer to try to take the series uh, with his last bit of gas in the tank. Still love the shot. Love Jimmy Butler. Loved that season. Um, you know, the, this this heat run has been really interesting. Um, they had obviously the one finals appearance, uh, the one seed Easter Conference finals, you know, shot away from the finals. Um, really good run, but it does kind of feel like, you know, the team is kind of sputtering, you know, to, to be able to, you know, play Hero, Bam, and Butler against Milwaukee and just really have nothing for them. Um, they just look like a team that's kind of like at the end of this iteration. Um, and if it goes bad for them this year, like they could be a team that kind of like makes some big changes, not because that's the kind of franchise they are. It just might be that time in the run, you know, um, where, where they kind of like look at something else, um, you know, kind of wish that they made a play. I'm sure they, they uh, made phone calls on Dur- on both Durant and Mitchell, but uh, ultimately just didn't have the assets because they didn't want to part with uh, any of their core guys. Uh, and then the Kyle Lowry signing, I, I don't think they've really been able to bounce back from that. You know, it's a huge salary slot, um, hugely important position where they don't really have other you know um, options that are viable. Um, and you just kind of rewind back to you know peak Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, maybe like his best years, uh, you know, either with Houston or Toronto. Um, and if the Heat had that guy right now, um, they'd be super dangerous, but they don't have anywhere near that guy. Uh, and he's still getting paid uh, as if he was that productive and can't even really uh, get him onto the court or, or find, find a, a role for him, really. Um, so not feeling very um, optimistic uh, about this team, but still able to kind of like look back and reflect and, um, you know, feel good about, you know, that like kind of like this run with this, with this group of guys, the Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler signing genius. 
you know, I think you know, I am not, and I don't think you are either, like the count the rings championship or bust type of person. Like you said, you're one shot away from the finals last year. You make the finals in the bubble. If, uh, if Bam um, isn't hurt in those finals, you guys had another injury in those finals too. Um, uh, it's escaping me right now, but if Bam wasn't so dinged up in those finals against the Lakers, I think you look like winning it. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the Butler experiment is a success. It's a killer uh, when you don't get, like you get Lowry right at the, at the drop off. That really sucks. Cause he's such a, like, he's a good character guy. It seemed like it was a, it was going to fit. Absolutely. The Duncan Robinson deal feels kind of gross now. I don't know what, I don't know, like Duncan Robinson. I don't know. Just like he got paid and was like, you know, like the, the 50, uh, I think the Floyd Mayweather insult against 50 cent was got rich, stopped trying. <laughs> so I don't, like, I don't know what fucking ski mask Duncan is on, but uh, no, no, man. don't, don't do that to my guy. Duncan. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, 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 not going to have any Duncan slander. I mean, he's terrible. But uh, you know he's not out here stealing. I think it's I think it's um, I think it's something different. I think it's a little bit of a mental, um, a mental burden that maybe he hasn't been able to work through um, with the salary. Uh, you know that size. You know, basically, I don't think he was drafted. Definitely not drafted. Yeah, um, and just kind of like exploded onto the scene. That's kind of what happens with these guys that are undrafted. They're not on the rookie, rookie scale contracts. So it does get weird really quick with these guys. And he just looked like he looked like a dude. I mean, long, you know, tried hard on defense, even though he wasn't very good, but you know, would cut like a really good cutter, decent finisher. Um, but his three pointer was just deadly. You know, he could shoot off the dribble, you know, come off screens really hard. Um, he took a shot today against Milwaukee and it looked like, you know, at the end of the pickup game where it's like, all right, all right, last game, we're going to 15. Uh-huh. <laughs> like just some of the shots just look so broken. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he, he came in the game and hit one and then his second one just looked, I mean, it looked like it looked Draymond like, oh, you know, boy. It, it just, it, it, and his, it wasn't even what it did when it got to the rim, it was his form, you know? And this is a guy that had like, like a really beautiful jump shot. Yes. Um, and to just see him kind of do the equivalent of like shanking one, if he was a golfer, I mean, just kind of like put one into the highway. Um, that's what it looked like. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy is like, he's, he's not close. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not a bad stretch. He's just, kind of drifted away from like where he was, which is a real bummer because, um, you know, I really liked uh, his game and he seems like a, like a good guy, like the rest of, you know, the upstanding members of the Miami Heat organization, top to bottom, you know, of course. Um, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm sorry. I cast dispersions on his character. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So you're forgiven. I mean, you, you've built up a lot of good Miami Heat karma. Uh, good Jalen Hurts karma, some Arsenal karma, even. So I think you've got a you've got a long leash with with all of uh, the teams that are near and dear to my heart. I appreciate that. I like that. Okay. I was trying to talk about the Celtics continues to, or, or and the Celtics and the Sixers continues to devolve into Eve talk. 
Uh, my bad. That's you know they just got their ass kicked so thoroughly, and I'm I'm still working. I'm still processing it, and it's only been like ninety minutes since uh, since the end of the game. Uh, but with that, let's go into our three picks for this weekend. What do you got? I love it. Uh, yeah, let me crack this real quick. I don't know if you if the audio picked that up. Um, <laughs> we got it. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> I needed to hear that beer being cracked. Let me just tell you. Georgetown Brewery in the Georgetown neighborhood of Seattle. Not to be confused with the Georgetown where Patrick Ewing yells at you if you work on that shot or not. Uh, delicious beers. <laughs> um, at any rate. Um, so, yeah, three picks for the weekend. This is – all right. I, you know, again, we're doing full disclosure. Manchester City fan, been that way for quite a while. I am taking Liverpool – to beat Crystal Palace. They're minus 130. They got thrashed at Anfield in the Champions League by Real Madrid. You, I mean, we're talking about a historic franchise, a historic club. They go up 2-0 against Real Madrid, the greatest European club of all time in terms of Champions League. They go up 2-0 in the first like 20 minutes and then concede five goals. They're in, I think they're in, uh, they are in eighth in the table in the Premier League. Oh my God. Tied with Brighton and Brentford. You gotta have it in this game. If you're Liverpool, you're playing, you're playing Crystal Palace. You cannot get thrashed at Anfield and then get anything less than a win. And hopefully a resounding win against Crystal Palace, who has a minus 10 goal differential. Even if you're playing Palace in London, like if you're Jurgen Klopp and Mohamed Salah and Jordan Henderson, you, everybody just has to look at each other and be like, we, like, we got to get that taste out of our mouths. And I am, uh, and I don't know if I lean on that too much, but I am a bit of a believer in that in sports. Like kind of like what we talked about with Arsenal and you know being able to take it to teams at the end of a game, where like when you have guys who were world class players, even sort of toward the end of their prime, that they just got to look at each other and be like, okay, that was very bad. What happened on Wednesday? We're not going out like this. And so I just think they got to have it versus Palace, and I think they'll get it. Yeah, are are they home? Uh, no, it's in it's in London at, at Palace. Um, oh, okay, but I don't. Th- I, I mean, I don't think Crystal Palace is good enough to to put up a ton of resistance. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of a team that looks like they're running on fumes, um, I, I just keep replaying in my head um, the third goal, the the Militao header Ugh. from the the Modric Modric corner. <laughs> um, the thud off his skull was incredible. <laughs> well, I mean. And if you're listening, go go watch the replay of this goal. Every single Liverpool player, because the camera pans from Modric to Militao, and you know you can kind of see everybody yep. um, as the, the camera pa- uh, pans across. Every single Liverpool player is flat-footed <laughs> and and not moving. Like it's kind of like it looks like a foosball table a little bit with like, <laughs> like one guy just running on a, like on a foosball to Ant Man or something. Right. And I think like I I just cannot get that goal out of my head i mean you know if that's not we're tired this is not our year um 
if that story is not told by by that replay, like it, it's just it's just hard to 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 get past that. I mean, they looked so flat. Um, and I like Nunez, and and he's he, you know he's dangerous and fiery, but um, I do think that they miss um, Sadio Mane just because oh, yeah. he was so physical and so fast and like a great like kind of fastball to like Salah's like off speed stuff that you just didn't know where it was coming from. And then, you know, they bring in Firmino and then you're just like, Oh, like everybody's just like their head. Their, it feels like their head was spinning. It feels like they really do miss him. Um, which, you know, it, it, he was never really the guy at Liverpool for that long. Um, so I think that I thought that they maybe thought to themselves that they could live without him but it really feels like they miss him. And I'll tell you what that, what that uh, personnel decision reminds me of. It kind of reminds me of what the Warriors must be thinking now, right? So they've got Curry, they've got Clay, they've got Draymond. They won a title. They're the defending champions, but they kind of know that they can't really keep those guys. But, you know, they probably also feel if we, if we let, you know, either Clay or Draymond go, um, we kind of lose a little, we lose a lot of who we are. You know, and even if they were replaced by a, a quote unquote better player or better players or more more talent, um, we might feel like we're worse off. You know, and like I think it's like it's almost like watching Liverpool is kind of seeing that thought experiment play out, you know, without money. Dude, super, super interesting comp. I mean, what Hendo is um Jordan Henderson, who I call Hendo because I'm an England fan. Um he's thirty-two. Uh, Bobby Firmino's 31, Salah's 30, Van Dyke is 31. I can see that. I, I I can absolutely see that. I just think if you are Virgil Van Dyke and Jurgen Klopp, you show that header on a loop every every day in training. It's just playing on every every video screen and being like, "Is this who we are now? This can't be who we are now. Like we are better than this, and we have to go in." and dust crystal palace and you know as 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 kind of flat as you put it i think accurately as they've been in the premier league uh this year they're still and i, I you know i know we say no nerd shit on this and this isn't super nerd shit but they're a, they they're a plus 10 in their goal differential palace is a minus 10 they're a better squad and i just think they got to look at each other and be like okay it's time to it's time to put up uh, so yeah uh, I'm, I'm putting my money on red. Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit that one out. But um, <laughs> oh. I, can, I can definitely see, I could definitely see, uh, we'll see, see that outcome. Sure. What do you think? How much longer you think? Okay, is Klopp the manager by the end of next year? Yes or no? What do you think? Uh, we talked about it last episode how these people are, <laughs> like the people who own football clubs are wild and just can managers, and it, and it actually kind of makes sense in that in that uh, format. I'll tell you, I mean, if you're the manager of Liverpool and you finish, but somewhere between ninth and 12th, you're probably not going to be the manager at Liverpool anymore. <laughs> so, wow. so you think as soon as this off season, he could be in trouble. If they don't, I think if they don't finish in the top eight, cause I mean, and even seven or eight is embarrassing for them, for that club. Um, 
I think he's earned enough equity where if he finishes seven or eight, you, they got to take a look at themselves in the mirror and go, okay, we are a little old. We need the injection. We need to do, frankly, the Manchester City move where, yeah, we rotate out some of our old players. I don't mean the Manchester City move where we illegally buy players. Um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, look, look, just pay no attention to that. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, is that you just need to identify the right players and cycle in a younger generation. Um, and I feel like Klopp is a is obviously a world-class manager. You should give him the time, but I don't trust any of these own like the 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 team owners of Liverpool to um, to you know keep them around. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be under immense scrutiny. Could you imagine Liverpool finishing tenth in the table? Oh my god, that's a that's a disaster for them. So, um, and maybe maybe he survives it, but you better win the first couple games next season. Yeah, I mean, I think. It's interesting because if they do, you know, kind of do the, the rebuild, um, I don't even, I don't know enough about Klopp to know if he's that kind of, um, you know, manager coach to be able to get through to those types of younger guys, or if he's going to be, you know, is he Phil Jackson or is he, you know, somebody that could kind of go up and down with age, um, you know, and I think maybe it could be a mutual breakup. Um, it's not looking great. And, um, yeah, I think we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. Either way, great for Arsenal. So great for City too. Um, so yeah, shout out to us. Um, that <laughs> that that connects really nicely to one of my picks for this week, which is uh, Real Madrid plus six hundred to win the Champions League. Um, they feel like a dynasty. <laughs> Man City, uh, it's not the same city anymore. Um, it, they they're still awesome. Um, and still very capable of like brilliance. Um, but they've, you know, just kind of struggled in the Champions League. Um, and maybe this team is like young and brash enough to kind of like do it. Um, I love kind of like the, some of the energy on the team, but they just kind of feel a little bit too uneven um, to kind of, uh, you know, get all the way to the, to the pinnacle of the Champions League. Um Real Madrid's got the pedigree. They're loaded. Their young guys are already here. You know, you saw like Vinny Jr. just, oh my God, that guy. Um, you know, and I think they're just, they're just, you know, they're not quite rolling, but when they want to turn it on, I mean, they embarrassed Liverpool. Like, I mean, they scored every kind of way, you know, at Anfield. And we're just like, not even that jazzed about it. <laughs> It's like okay, like you know, what is it like? Uh, so they, they're just scary in that sense. And you know, looking at the field, I think they're going to be in the mix, um, at least to get to the semifinals. Uh, and then from there, you know, I, I'll take my chances with with those guys. No doubt. Um, you know, as much of a blue as I am, I uh, yeah, I mean. I feel like City's odds to win the Champions League are are too short. Like I think they're they're getting a lot of credit. I say, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, bias be damned. I think we're the best club in Europe the last five years. I don't think we really look like that now. Um, I think you know the the games kind of speak for themselves. Um, and anytime 
if, you know, you could just kind of close your eyes any year and be like, I think Real Madrid's going to win the Champions League. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they might. <laughs> they probably could. So, yeah, plus 600 is pretty sick value. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just like Vinny Jr., even last last year, uh, just, a, just a monster. Just complete – wreaks complete havoc down the middle of the field. He'll take you down down the left wing. Doesn't matter. He's faster than you. He's more athletic than you. He can finish in the final third. I mean, he's just he's just incredible. So yeah, he's super skilled too. Oh I mean, my um, god! You know, the, he could do, he could do it, everything pretty much. Uh, and at that age, I mean, um, that guy's going to be awesome for sure. Yeah, I just look at I just look at you know Madrid and I mean the, when after the draw and they, they they look at Liverpool, it's kind of like okay, well you know it's not the best draw. Um, and they just go out and wax that, that <laughs> team, you know, just like what the fuck? Like who's gonna who's gonna stop those guys? Um, and yes, I think City 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 has the best odds, right? They do. I, I think they're only like plus two hundred or something. I was like, oof, I don't. That's that's insane. Value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and they're having they're not in the best form. I think what's happening is um, well, before I tell you what I think. What do you think is happening at City? I think what has happened, if and I don't mean to like really simplify it to one player, but Kevin De Bruyne has been at worst, at the absolute worst, one of the five best midfielders in the world for five years. Um, and the last couple months... This he's been playing like uh, to use a basketball term, kind of like a, a little better than a league average player, and just going from having a dude who you know you could compare to like prime Jason Kidd, the way he was just feeding everybody in the perfect spot every time, to having a guy who's like, yeah, he's he's good, <laughs> like that uh. that is really it's it's felt like it kind of tanked our ability to cuz you know pep ball as they call it like we control the game i know it's it's got to be awful for opposing teams to watch that we're holding like 68% possession and we're kicking the ball around all the time and people you know it's it's got to be extremely frustrating for the opponents but you have to have in you, yeah you play that way you're you're booting it around the middle of the field for a long time but you have to have those clinical passes at the end to get you to the spot to score. And they just haven't been doing it. And like, I, I was kind of not to like, just put it all on De Bruyne. I don't, and, and you know, we obviously transferred uh, or we loaned out uh, Jao Cancelo over to Bayern Munich. Um, he wasn't playing super well. You know, we were kind of cycling in some of these young guys. I just think without having super duper De Bruyne, and now we have some younger players in the rotation. And now we're playing we're playing Bernardo Silva at like left center back. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, what the like <laughs> I he was Pep. on Saka the whole game. God, I love Pep so much. What a nutcase. Yeah. Because uh, it kind of works. I mean, it, it worked against Arsenal. It's just like an insane. I mean, when you think about it, and I am like a huge Silva guy. He's like been one of my favorite players for a, a little while. But all that to say. Um, I just feel like with kind of the influx of some new players, De Bruyne taking a little bit of a step back, and frankly, 
just the other guys, and, and Pep mentioned this in a press conference either yesterday or the day before, like we need to be uh, – Pep's style of play for the team has never been to force feed one guy, but we just got to look a little more. We got to turn it up like 8 to 10%. Just look for Holland just a little more and just try to get that big Viking the ball in the final third so he can actually do something with it. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just think, you know, w- without without kind of that super clinical passing at the end of, of possessions, I feel like we look a little more pedestrian than we have in, in the past few years. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny that you bring up Holland. That That's what where I was going to go with it um, because – I mean, he's unbelievable, super strong, great finisher, but it does feel like he doesn't have the space to operate. Um, and I think like one thing that possessing the ball for that long does is it kind of takes away, you know, some of those runs into open space, um, you know, where it's just kind of like a quick turnaround and it feels like he's kind of missing that. Um, and it's, and it's essentially the half court game. Um, he's apparently easier to deal with, you know, now that, you know, there's some tape on him in the premier league. Um, he's still unbelievable, but Pep absolutely has to figure out how they get him the ball. It kind of reminds me too, of like what happened with uh, Lukaku at Chelsea, Yeah, you know, where it was just like, he's never had space. You know, it was just such a bad fit. Um, he was just so much better when you just kick the ball down the field and he runs and gets it and, you know, now we're one-on-one or even one-on-two and, you know, you'll bet on, on those, uh, those finishers. Um, and I think without the KDB service, um, without the space to run, you know, it's been a little bit tough for Holland and it, it does feel like they need, they need KDB to kind of get back in form, but they also need to like sort of play like KDB plays a little bit, you know, where, where we're leaning on our skills. We're being a little bit, um, aggressive, you know, with what we're trying to do, uh, and trusting in our skill and trusting that if we lean on that skill, you know, over the course of 90 minutes, you know, we'll get the breakthroughs that we need. Um, they're just kind of like not playing that way. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Um, cause you, you definitely feel like you can see them finding their groove uh, but you can also kind of see them looking at this as like maybe a little bit of a transition year. You know, Holland's first year, um, been some injuries. You mentioned Cancelo going out. Um, so maybe this is sort of like a little bit of a transition year for them potentially as they try to figure out maybe like a new approach. I think so. And now, you know, obviously they're my boys though. So I love Nathan Ake, young, young beast. Akanji is great. Akanji's awesome. He's um, awesome. I still, I think like my low key favorite player is Ruben Diaz. Like, mm. dude, he makes like three plays a game where he will stop and stab and just like get the ball, like just kick the ball away from you a little bit and just totally screw up like a what looks like it's going to be a, a scoring opportunity for, for the team. I mean, he's just such a genius. And then when you have him flanked by Ake and Akanji, and then you got Kyle Walker, who's like, running like a Ferrari up and down the right side. Like I still, you know, I mean, they're my boys. Like I I still, I think they, like you said, I think they can get into form. You know, I don't want to count KDB out just yet. Uh, 
so yeah, I, I still got faith. I still think we can win it. But um, yeah, I'm, you know. I was with I was with you all the way up to the Kyle Walker piece. I hate that guy. <laughs> sour face and <laughs> so sour, bro. Like you're super fast. You're good. You're professional. You're on a great team. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Hey, all right, so. Um, how many picks you got left? You got. Uh, we've got you. You got. You're at. You're at Liverpool, Liverpool minus one thirty of our Palace. Well, I guess that goes right into my next pick if if we're ready for it. So, yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of city, Grealish played the full ninety against Leipzig uh, Wednesday, and I will say, and this is because I'm on you know Man City Twitter and I uh, you know read a bunch of like the man <laughs> read like the Manchester Evening News online and shit like that because I'm such a dork. Um, in print? In print, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I like online, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, just check it. Uh, yeah, I got to figure out how I can get it delivered to Seattle. Um, but, uh, you know, you go to Germany. Leipzig finished fourth in the Bundesliga last year. They're fifth in the Bundesliga this year. We draw them. We, we fly all the way out to Germany and draw them at home. And people are like, what happened, man? It's like, okay, like they got good players too. They all get paid too. Like, I, I feel like a 1 1 draw against them is not, does not mean the sky is falling. Um, but I digress. Um, Grealish played the full 90 on the left wing. Um, we play Bournemouth. Uh, I think we're going to score quite a few goals. I'd like my man Phil Foden to score at plus 150. Um, I think. Pep, he talked about he talked about it in a presser uh, again either either yesterday or today. Hard to tell uh, with the time change between Seattle and Manchester. Um, but Pep talked about it recently. My favorite thing: uh, the guys at Men and Blazers they refer to Phil Foden as Pep's adopted son because uh, because <laughs> he clearly loves him so much. In the press conference, they asked him why Foden didn't play. Pep liked the squad. You know, we we controlled the ball most of the game and. We, we didn't want to, like, uh, we wanted to play with speed and we wanted to make sure that we were controlling it and stuff like that. But he, when he talks, when Pep talks about Foden, he goes, no, no, I trust him. He is, he is our, he is a diamond. He is our diamond, <laughs> to, to use his exact phrase. And as he says it, he, uh, like, with his hands gestures as though he were holding a precious jewel <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking loves the kid, and he should. Foden again, like uh, outside of Diaz and Silva, I think those and him, those two and Foden are probably my two or my three uh, favorite players to watch. Foden, his creativity, his willingness to pass the ball, his quickness, and he can score. Um, I think he'll play, uh, and I think and I think he'll score versus Bournemouth, and hopefully, um, what ends up being like a three nil or a three to one. Victory. Yeah, this one feels like a four-one-four-two type Good. type game, um, and I think this one really comes down to does he play? Um, oh yeah, you know. And I think if he if he's on early uh, or if he starts, uh, I'm going to join you on this one anyway because um, I think you know you mentioned the Ferrari later to me. You know, Foden is kind of the Ferrari just oh, because yeah. you know he's he's got all the moves um, and he also has like you know, some of that same smoothness um, in his game. Um, Kyle Walker more rem- reminds me of, you remember, the, you know, that, that, that uh, racing that they used to sh- 
show on ESPN late night. I think it was like the NHRA racing. The car would just go to straight line at like 600 miles an hour, but couldn't do anything else. I couldn't, you can't hurt. You can't, like that, that, that's how, I mean, you know, that's Kyle Walker for me. Sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, he's a funny car. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, Phil phones the Ferrari just to keep the, uh, uh, the phonetic sound to, to getting, getting all that together. I love Foden. He's great. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to join you on this one. Uh, one tricky thing with Leipzig, I think they were in the Europa League last year. And did they win it? Or they, they were, I think they, they made a big run. Um, if they didn't win it, I think they got to the finals. And I think one thing that that does do, you know, you look at the Europa League draw, uh, you know, like Barcelona has been in there the last couple of years, like, uh, you know, Inter and like huge clubs have been, uh, in the Europa League, it's very, very competitive. You know, so to kind of like really do well in that competition, um, kind of like really, I think hardens you a little bit uh, and maybe gets you prepped for a matchup like this, like you know, a, a first, uh, a first match of the two at home against a big club. You're fired up. Um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that I don't expect them to win. I expect City to advance for sure, um, and I love the Foden pick. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think you know Pep after the um, you know after the the game, you know somebody asked him kind of some kind of snippy question about drawing, and Pep in his very Pep way goes, "You expect me to win? You expect us to win every game four nil, five nil? Like Leipzig is a good club, so yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like they they got dudes over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so I'm going to go into my next one. I was going to go. Philly plus 550 to win the East. Um, but I'm going to swap that one out for my Philly plus 2000 to get the one seed. Um, Let's go. You know, if they do win the East, um, it might be because they do steal that one seed. So I think it's it's somehow like more, it feels more reasonable that they get the one seed rather than represent the east in the finals somehow um just because there's a lot of playoff stuff that has to happen a lot of playoff juju that they have to shake off um it somehow feels more likely even though the odds are much much longer plus 2000 versus plus 550 uh so i'm gonna stick with my philly plus 2000 to get the one seed in the east i'm gonna scrap my philly plus 550 um to win the eastern conference finals uh and represent the east that's my second I pick. It. I love it because they can win. They can get the one seed. And then the thing, and I hate to do this thing because I do love him as, as a player. And like, I know he's kind of a little bit polarizing, but there is just something about James Harden in the playoffs that I'm just like, uh, I hope maybe this is the time. And then you also have a little bit of Doc Rivers in the playoffs. And I'm just like, well, I'd, I'd like to trust you guys. But uh, I have a, a pretty good amount of evidence uh, that would suggest otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I I will. I'm not the type. The bet that I'll, I'll put in the least is I'm betting on these guys because they're due. Right. Like I definitely do not like that bet. I, I think you know when when teams or uh, uh, collections of you know kind of players like we're talking about like the you know the. The you know the Heat group or this Embiid, Harden, Maxi, Tobias, you know Doc Rivers um, era, it 
I, I just feel like going off the priors is a better way to think about what to expect in the future. Um, because it doesn't feel like, you know, the rug was pulled out from under them or, you know, things just didn't break their way. Like they've just, they've really just stalled out, um, you know, and, and you could kind of see it happening in games that, you know, it happened to like, they were down against the Grizzlies pretty much the whole game. Um, and the Grizzlies just kind of like went cold at the end, really couldn't do much. Um, and Philly just kind of like plotted um, all the way till, you know, the final whistle to, to kind of get that win. But I hate to, you know, sort of think, okay, well, you know, try to time it if they're due or not. Um, but like I said, I, I think he does care about the one seed. He does care about the MVP. He talked about Embiid here. Um, I, 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 I'm going to stick with that. Uh, and I, and I still think the East is pretty wide open. The Giannis injury, I think scares me at this point. I do probably expect Boston to come out. Um, they're just so deep. Brogdon looks great for them. Um, they don't really miss the coach at all. Um, and they're, they're not afraid, you know, and it's weird that such a young team, um, with guys like Grant Williams and, um, obviously Tatum and Brown and smart. I mean, they're, they're, you know, smart's not so young anymore, but you know, these guys are still for the most part in their twenties. Smart might be over 30. Um, but they they're they're experienced, you know. They've they've won big series. They've won big games. They've bounced back. You know, to your point earlier, you know, you you lose a tough one. What happens in the next one? Like the great teams, like really, you know, do something about that. Um, and it doesn't feel like Philly, you know, kind of has that to them, unless Embiid just, you know, takes another step, which is always possible. You know, he's. He's still within that age range to continue to get better. He's still kind of adding stuff to his game, but I just would like to see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, God, Boston is so annoying. What, what I dislike about them, especially just a, just on GP, I just do not like uh, Boston and Celtics. Uh, it, it does annoy me because I like Brogdon as a player. I like Jalen Brown. I love Marcus Smart as a player. I just like have these guys who I would otherwise really ride for, but I cannot root for the Boston Celtics. I will not do it. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. I, yeah. I, I just like. Terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're awful. Like, I, I just don't want to deal with them. Um, I, I've got my own personal power rankings for what I like to see. Um, you know, <laughs> for, for my, my, my shot and for power rankings. Yes. I've got the sad Celtics fans number two on my list. Ooh, wow! Things that are, that are that are the most uh, that bring me the most joy to see the sad Celtics man. Can I can I hazard a guess on one? If you guess this, I'm gonna uh, that that'll be mind blowing. Yeah, but yeah, guess away. I'll give you, I'll give you get two guesses. Well, I know you're an Eagles fan, so is it, is it Cowboy fans? <laughs> close, very close. My my number one uh, shot in front as a sports fan is sad Jerry Jones in his box. Oh my god! <laughs> when yeah. the Cowboys lose, it's so rewarding, like just to see him, like is. really upset and angry, and his kid is kind of like distancing himself from him and doesn't want to like. <laughs> it's just always uh, wonderful. It's, you could tell his kid is texting like Jerry's uh, Jera's uh, grandkids, like don't talk to grandpa. Don't talk to him. Don't look at him. <laughs> We're going straight home after the game today, kids. Sorry. 
that's fucking incredible. Yeah, no, that's that's a solid number one. Yeah, it is. That's always, my number one. Yeah, always funny. All right, so what else? Um, are those your three? No, I think no. I got I got one more. And okay, you, you got one more. I got one more. Yes. Um, my last one is your boys Arsenal. They play Leicester City. We're doing a little same game parlay. Arsenal to win. Mm. Both teams score. Plus I one like this. plus one eighty. I mean, that's pretty delicious value in my view. Um Lester, you know, kind of sneakily, I guess. I mean, depending on how closely you pay attention, they've they've scored thirty-six goals this season. That's good enough for for top half of the league. Um, unfortunately, they have conceded forty-one goals, so uh, that gives them a robust uh, minus five goal differential. Um, so they, you know, they got uh, there was a clean sheet uh, against United. United totally shut them out. Um, I do not think uh, Leicester goes two games in a row scoreless. Um, I know. I mean, Arsenal's defense is legit too. It just seems hard to keep Leicester from scoring. 180 minutes of game time. Um, I think they'll probably score, but then I think this one also smacks of a three-one, maybe even a four-one. Give me, give me your well, not your personal, but give me as much Arsenal stock as I could possibly buy. Um, <clears throat> I do think they win the league. I think you know, hopefully, you know, City wins the Champions League, so not all is lost. But yeah, I think Arsenal blasts them. Let Lester gets gets a goal, sneaks a goal in there, um, but then we cash the plus one eighty. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, I mean, Villa obviously put up two, um, yeah. and I like Lester. They're they're kind of wacky. They're kind of like unpredictable. They play like a, a wild style, and I think Arsenal's kind of reached this point where they're not afraid of going down. You know, yep. like, um, which, I mean, I've only been a Premier League fan, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. Um, so I caught a good chunk of the, the uh, Arsene Wenger era, but missed, you know, the Invincibles. Right. Um, and for most of my years of fandom, once we went down, you know, like mentally, it was it was a slog. I mean, like, we, we really had a lot of trouble clawing our way back into games. And I think it was just kind of like, due to kind of like the playing style and like, you know, the finesse, you know, we, I think it, for, for a lot, a lot of those matches, it, it kind of felt like we just hoped the other team were, you know, went into it a little scared cause we were Arsenal. We had a big budget um, or, a lot, or a lot of expensive players and it just kind of didn't go that way. And, and those Arsenal teams got smacked in the mouth quite often. And when they did, that was an L like, Straight away, I was, you know, I could start doing something else <laughs> during that game. I was like, all right, let me go grab my laptop just because, uh, you know, this is, I, don't know, I can't, I can't sit here for an hour straight and just uh, fret over this. But now they've got a different swagger. You know, they'll go down one um, and not change anything, you know, which is, which is pretty great to see. Even the game against City, you know, like it was awesome seeing them play their game, you know, versus, trying to scramble, you know, throwing good money after bad. Let's, let's get crazy. Let's, you know, we need, we need an injection of something. They're like, no, we're going to play our game and, you know, we'll get looks and Ketty had two good looks You know, couldn't finish either. But, you know, he's also the backup to, you know, Gabriel Jesus who's hurt. 
you know, so you can't really blame the guy. He's been really, really good um, in that role and stepping in as kind of like a full-time striker and there's nobody really behind him, you know? So he's the guy for, you know, pretty much most of the game with not a lot of reinforcements, even though the wingers are so lethal. Um, so I really, really like this pick. Unbelievable value. Um, I'm not going to join you on it, but I'll be rooting for it. I like it. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I got to ask you, though, because as somebody who follows Arsenal much more closely than me, the because it, it was weird how that was the book on Arsenal, that you hit them and they just kind of cower down in the corner. What is it? Well, what's the what's the difference? Why are they so resilient now? I think, um, you know, when you think about a company, right? A company's got a culture. You know, you, you've been in companies with good culture, bad culture, no culture. You know, no culture is you know you, you come in, you clock in, you go home, and nobody really talks to anybody. Um, and I think there's also a culture to you know, a football team like that. Um, and I think that weirdly was part of their culture, you know? Um, and you kind of see this sometimes in the fighting sports when people are really good until they go up against somebody else that's really good and they get punched in the face and they're kind of like, wait, <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm the guy. You're not the guy. I'm the guy, you know, like it's just like a weird, a weird thing. And, you know, they had some guys that were, um, kind of under like career underwhelming you know when you think about like jack wilshire aaron ramsey Mesut Ozil, um i'm forgetting a bunch of guys but you know these are guys that were like you know had big statures um but didn't really come through in big games you know all the time you know and not not in a way where you can count on like you could with like the very very upper echelon of the league now you've got like martinelli Saka, Odegaard, like these guys were all, you know, they all kind of like got into their Arsenal groove in their early 20s, you know, so they're not afraid. Like they've, they're kind of playing with like nothing to lose. So once you kind of like unleash those skills um, and you give those guys a chance to play poorly, you know, you're not like those guys don't get yanked when they, when they don't play well, you know, which is, not that uncommon, you know, Martinelli didn't like he was, uh, you know, he's had games where he's coming in and out, but he also has games where he's brilliant and he's just, you know, the ultimate weapon, you know, in terms of his speed and his skill. Um, so I think it's just kind of that it's like a new culture in the building. Obviously Arteta's, um, got that level of passion, you know, to, to draw it out of those guys. Uh, and they're kind of young enough not to know what they don't know. Um, and now once you get them on a positive track and you're able to kind of come from behind, you know, they, they went into Tottenham last year and like, you know, just, um, I'm not sure if they won the home game or they won away. Um, but it was a huge game and they owned the game like wire to wire. And that was not, that was just not something that happened. Um, so when you guys, when you have those guys that are expecting to kind of come out and, and, uh, and be dominant. It's just a different mentality. It's a different mindset. And like, I think that's, that's kind of where the culture is sourced from. I love it. Yeah. And you can, like you said, you can see it on the field. I like, you know, I, I love, I probably overuse it, but I love it. Odegaard, 
got that dog in him. I love the way that guy plays, and it's it it flows throughout the entire club. So yeah, that all uh, that all tracks as um, hearing you say it as a guy who who follows them so closely. That uh, that all seems uh, uh, you know right in line with just a casual observer. Just be like, man, those those guys play with a lot of fire and a lot of joy at the same time. Absolutely. Um, all right, so I've got one more to go. My last one is. Um... I think these are my two most hated teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Bottom of my power rankings. Uh, Tottenham and Chelsea, uh, plus 235 to draw. Um, Chelsea's plus 185 to win. Spurs are plus 150 to win. Um, I can just see the draw. You know, I close my eyes and, you know, rock a game back and forth. You know, two heavyweights that are a little, uh, you know, off track, you know, um, just landing blows and, and um, you know, walking away 2-2 and each of them take a point and uh, fall farther behind my boys and all is right with the world. So that is my final pick, but I'm going to throw a little spice on that. Let's go. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna parlay that with Arsenal minus 140 to win. Uh, so we'll be brothers in arms on that one. Uh, that pushes the parlay number up to four plus 474 that is tottenham chelsea to draw arsenal to win let's fucking go i'm yeah i'll join you on that one hey i'll I'll, I'll sprinkle on there why not um i love these are my two least favorite clubs uh as an american i root for them both to lose which is a draw in our (laughs) in our culture so i love i mean there are so many times where i watch chelsea play and I will say, like, as a City fan, or, you know, we t- we've talked about this before, like, in the past episode, but that was lost to the internet. I'm a, I'm a City hipster, and I, I stand by this. They signed Claudio Reyna, who was my favorite U.S. player as a young person. He played, I think he appeared in, like, 15 games. He did nothing for them, but whatever. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll root for these guys. They're plucky underdogs. Sky Blue is cool. And then, you know, the nation state of Abu Dhabi buys them, and they're the greatest team in the world. But that's fine. Um, I know I'm supposed to hate United and I don't necessarily care for Manchester United, but man, I got a real distaste for Chelsea. Not a, yeah. like, and, and there are so many times and it has been joyful to watch. Speaking of, uh, the Schadenfreude ra- rankings, uh, I just, in the games that I've seen Chelsea play, I just watch them like these guys fucking stink. They're not a good, they're not a good team. Like, you know, 23 goals scored, 23 given up for a real stout zero goal differential. Jeez. Uh, eight, eight, seven, and eight. They're not fun to watch. I'm pretty sure the American billionaire who bought them might be a doofus and have no idea what he's doing. You know what? Uh, I'm glad you brought this up because good. Why? Why do we expect that somebody with no full like sports <laughs> management experience? But a lot of money is just going to – like the lot of money is a hindrance, you know, yes. because it means that probably like a lot of hubris coming from, you know, previous – I think he's a private equity guy. But why do we expect that these guys are going to come in and be able to do well? Uh, and then I had a quick follow-up. So Chelsea's 8, 7, and 8. Is the 7 draws or losses? Uh, 7 draws. Oh, okay. So we're, 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 we're rooting for 8, 8, and 8. <laughs> 
and, and to, to maintain the zero goal differential, that'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> Which I'm saying, I mean, that all tracks with your prediction, I think. I mean, and that pretty much represents where Chelsea Football Club is, which, I mean, you know, how the mighty have fallen, but, like, they just, they are just not enjoyable to watch. I, and I hate, but, I, I, I really just, I don't want to say the word, use, use the word hate, but I really dislike Chelsea so much that I was bummed when Arsenal signed Jorginho because we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the best record of, of uh, taking Chelsea guys, Willian, David Luiz, Peter Cech. I mean, they did okay. William, <laughs> William was like past his prime, but all those guys were just like the definition of retreads. You know, yeah. we're just really taking the guys that fell out of their uh, their uh, rotation and giving them a lot of money and giving them a lot of stuff to do on our team. And I just, it really soured me on the Jorginho signing. It turned it around, of course, when once he blasted one past, um, uh, past Emmy this weekend. You know, the, to to kind of get him back in my good graces. I mean, we'll see. I'm still a little, a little iffy on him. We'll, uh, but it, it was such a bad track record, and I think I I know that Tottenham is like um, Arsenal's like really like blood rival. But I I do dislike Chelsea more. I think they're number one on my on my power rankings of, of teams I hate or strongly yeah, dislike. Right there, right, right. Uh, I think I'm right there with you, man. Like I just I don't know something about them rubs me the wrong way and it's funny like because they've had i mean you know jose Mourinho, not super likable diego costa oh, not super likable <laughs> uh john terry oh, oh my god like the list goes on i think i i feel like didier drogba has a, a bad rap but i did like him as a player but um yeah not not to get way off on, on a, our dislike of chelsea but yeah i think um i think i'm i'm and the thing about Tottenham is that they've had a nice little run of form. So now you know they'll take a step back yeah. because that's just what they do. Absolutely. <laughs> Call it in. All right. I so like it. Quick recap. Um, I'll do my three first. Please. We got Philly plus 2,000 to get the one seed. I'm in on that. Real Madrid plus 600 to win the Champions League. We're in on that. Um, and then I'm going to parlay. Um, a Tottenham and Chelsea draw plus 235 with Arsenal minus 140 to win for a total of plus 474. Uh, and I think you said you were joining me on that one. Oh, and then I might, and I'm also joining you on Phil Foden to score. So I've got four picks Love this it. week. All right. So I think, oh boy, it might be. You might be splashing around a little this week. So I think I am going to take my tricky bastard 76ers plus one and a half tomorrow night. Um, you know, I'm rooting for Boston to lose anyway. So let's go. That's let's always a fun time. Little, put a couple ducats on it. So, uh, yeah, give me Sixers plus one and a half Saturday night. Give me Liverpool to beat Crystal Palace minus 130. They got to have it. Uh, Foden to score. Uh, plus 150, and give me the same game parlay. Arsenal wins over Leicester, but both teams score at plus 180. And as you said, I will join you. Um, uh, I'm joining you on the Tottenham-Chelsea draw. I think I, because I'm already betting on Arsenal, I'll leave the uh, I'll leave the parlay out of it. I'll just take the Tottenham-Chelsea draw plus, plus 235 and uh, – I will disregard. I will act like it never happened. 
that you would even in, even imagine Real Madrid wins the Champions League because that's that's coming home to Manchester. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see if it shows up in one of your picks. Uh, I mean, the odds might be good after that after that draw, but um, yeah, I mean, I've got a soft spot for City too, so I'm pulling for those guys as well. Uh, and that is episode three of Tasty Spreads. We are hoping this one uh, is real and reaches the internet so that you can hear it. And yeah, we'll be back next Friday. Let's go. I'll see you there. All right. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, good luck, buddy. All right, see ya. Later.